Hey, honey, pause for a sec. Boo. (laughs) Welcome to The Spinal Frontier, a podcast where we speculate as to why Star Trek aliens are the way they are. I'm Kelly, she, her. And I'm Aaron, they, them. So today we thought for our, we've decided this is our second to last episode of the season. Uh, We wanted to talk a bit more about the threat responses that we see in all kinds of Star Trek aliens. So the first threat response I think of when, when you tell me threat response in Star Trek, I think of the Kelpian ganglia. So in Star Trek Discovery, there is an alien species called Kelpians. Which we talk about extensively because they're my faves. (laughs) And uh, the first officer of Discovery is Commander Saru, and he is a Kelpian. And we're given to understand in the early seasons that they are a prey species, and they've developed... Make a big deal about that, right? Yeah, they do. And they developed this threat response, like, like they have this organ on the back of their head that extends when, kind of like when, if you've ever felt like you've been like creeped out or spooked or you're in an uncomfortable situation and the, and the hair on the back of your neck stands up, you get goose flesh. It's, it's like that. That's a really good analogy for that. Except with these guys, it's more like anemone tentacles come creeping out of a slit in the back of their, like at the base of their skull. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty, pretty dramatic, but it's, it's kind of used for effect because Kelpians are apparently like extra perceptive of threat. Mm-hmm. And so those are called their threat ganglia. And ganglia is another word for like a noodley appendage, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Saru's um, ability to perceive threat is shown like I'm given to understand that it's a little bit more consistent and accurate than maybe humans are yeah Yeah. like like it's a it's a bit more of a instinctive thing it's not really it's subconscious it's Mm -hmm. not like that is a threatening thing it just kind of responds to whatever the analog to cortisol is for them I guess Mm -hmm. mm-hmm Like whatever stress hormone. So we we wanted to talk about threat responses just because, I don't know, it's just an interesting physiological set of traits. And we've seen really a lot of examples of it in Star Trek. And there's a lot of examples of it in nature. And I feel like the most obvious animal that we might think, there's a couple of obvious animals we might think of when we think of these kinds of threat responses like when i think of the threat ganglia it's not exactly the same thing mm-hmm. but i think of like frilled lizards that get those really big oh cool you know you know they kind of have this little umbrella pff, mm-hmm. that sticks out from their neck like in uh rescuers down under yeah one of my favorite childhood cartoons not not the regular rescuers no 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 just just rescuers down uh, under i was thinking of jurassic park oh uh, well i didn't see that as a kid i saw oh. it when i was older because um, I didn't watch scary movies as a kid. That was my first PG-13 movie. Aww. Yeah. It's because you lived with older children slash teenagers. I think I watched it before then, but... Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway. <laughs> um, so so I'm thinking of the more kin- kid-friendly version mm-hmm. with kind of an umbrella head, and whenever something scary happens, this lizard just poof, puts out this big and you said that was in the rescuers down under yes or okay very specifically and Mm so part of it is that well that that's very specific uh look big 
so that whatever is coming after you is startled just long enough for you to maybe make an escape. Mm -hmm. In the natural world, that's a lot of threat responses. The whole point is to either scare the other guy off or the organism off, or at least like give it pause for a second until you can and give you a little bit longer to get away. Mm -hmm. And we see these displays in, I'm going to bring up octopuses. It happens. So you can change color really quickly and like, they'll swell up to be like mm-hmm. they kind of stretch out their webs and kind of make their arms look big they have a particular posture to do that so really it's really just look big look big look threatening it's a it's a thing to be communicated it doesn't really it's not really a fight mm-hmm. it's not really a like attack it's just trying to evade an attack mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. a lot a lot of other marine animals have that too like like a pufferfish oh, yeah. right that's pretty notorious for uh, swallowing a bunch of water and getting really big and when it's threatened so that it's really big and really spiky and so it's hard to bite when it's kind of big and it's a bit okay. incapacitated. It, it can't really swim very well when it's all big and, mm-hmm. and puffy. Well, kelpians don't... I mean, kelpians just are big to start with. They're just but tall, yeah. They're very tall, but they don't, they don't make themselves bigger. But what does is there's another species called the nobulans mm-hmm. and... Remind uh, me where they're, which franchise that's from. So uh, the Doctor and Enterprise, um, the series that ran like the, oh oh like, oh this like is like the this is Flocks one of yeah Doctor Flocks yeah okay and so he someday I'll watch that <laughs> he can take in a bunch of air and like expand his head and make it real big. Of course he yeah. can. <laughs> We're just gonna have to talk about denobulans in general later. Yeah, they're very weird. Just all together, but yeah the. The, so that kind of threat response mm-hmm. is specifically designed for does does he is he spiky too when he does it or does he just have a big well head? he's got kind of like uh like facial ridges that um stay kind of rigid as his so like there's some definition I wouldn't call it spiky but angular okay yeah so it makes it more angular when it's swollen up though mm, I'd have to watch it again oh god yeah. we're like we've had multiple conversations today in which that indicate to me that I really have to just like watch buckle Enterprise. down and watch Enterprise. Yeah. God help us all. Because <laughs> uh, my, my my thought is like, why would an organism develop like do such an extreme thing, mm-hmm. stretch it, the exterior of its body to be so big so quickly, and have all of these spikes that it maintains? And in pufferfish, that's obviously for anti predator. It's the the kind of the size is a startle response, but it also works as a defense because mm-hmm. which is a little bit of a separate thing, just because they don't have to. They're not actively attacking. They're it's just armor, right? Mm-hmm. It's another kind of armor. But like if the denobulans are blowing up their heads. Mm-hmm. Is something trying to bite their heads off? Ooh, I don't know anything about the no- the denobulan homeworld, so maybe that thing would be would have to be big, big because denobulans are like human sized. Yeah. So, if it's blowing up its head like a basketball, right? It, how big would you say? How big would you say? Much bigger. Like a basketball. Like a basketball. Yeah. Like a lion still can get its head around a bat or his mouth around a basketball, right? I don't know. You're the biologist. I think so. I think they have pretty big jaws. So, like, what apex predator is coming after them? That's terrifying. No wonder they have all of these crazy traits. I, mm-hmm. I Let's talk about them next season. I'm really... It's time. That's weird. Okay, yeah. Let's have a little time for we'll me to, like... We'll do, like, a whole episode on Understand Enterprise. I have to take in Enterprise. Mm-hmm. 
try and get excited. Uh-huh. From what I know, it's it's interesting. I just have to get into the stories, and then we'll come back. <laughs> that was a great eye roll. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So we we've got those two startle responses, but we've seen some other defense mechanisms as mm-hmm. well, or kind of startle startle mechanisms, anti predator without engaging the predator, right? Mm-hmm. But before we talk about those things, why don't we go to commercial real fast? Okay. And now a word from our sponsors. All right. So so those are the kind of serious ones that the ones we'll talk about sort of have an analog as well, but maybe not directly. I don't know. Let's just talk about it. Let's just get yeah, into it. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, because the, the next one that comes to mind is from an episode of Lower Decks. Um, which, if you haven't seen it, I recommend. We surprisingly love this show. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty darn good track. Mm-hmm. But there's an episode with um, a delegate from a species called Duplers, mm-hmm. and when startled, um, is it even really a startle response? It's when they feel uncomfortable yeah. when they're made to feel yeah. bad for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, they duplicate. So they kind of like in split like mitosis into into two of them. Yeah. But if they're really startled, they'll just keep duplicating. And that's kind of the whole episode is they, mm. they accidentally upset this delegate by making him feel like he was an inconvenience. And then he just goes into this anxiety spiral mm-hmm. and they have to shove him into a, a whatever storage area. And he just fills the entire entire storage facility with... <laughs> As, so close. as somebody that has had to deal with anxiety, I found it to be very uh, true to the kinds of thoughts that come into one's Such head. an effective analogy. Yeah, it's a really good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. But also, just um, what a great... It's a great defense in that uh, it's it's like the other animals that kind of depend on greater numbers mm-hmm. in order to survive, like schools of fish and flocks of birds and stuff like gang of otters beating up that crocodile yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so but but they're not necessarily ganging up they're just Uh there's just a lot of them so you know whatever's going after them couldn't possibly help but be overcome by all of these very Mm. upset men couldn't (laughs) couldn't possibly eat all of them (laughs) i mean the it would pretty quickly get crushed, yeah? Like, yeah, I guess so. The whole point of them is that they expand, expand, expand. Mm-hmm. That's also an example of asexual reproduction, just mm-hmm. like just like budding off of and cloning mm-hmm. oneself over and over and over again. It just doesn't happen that fast mm-hmm. in real life, obviously. But but finally, the, the thing I wanted to talk about quite a bit, yeah. which is partly inspired by an episode of Where's Beverly that's going to come out. We just recorded with Sophia and Adrian about mm. Is that a spoiler? Is it a spoiler to say what the episode's about? No, it's okay. it's just about an episode of the next generation called the Genesis. In this episode, one of the things that happens is they kind of insinuate that the humanoids are de-evolving and the thing that the Klingon de-evolves into some sort of proto-Klingon mm-hmm. and the thing that I felt felt was a really interesting trait was a venom glance. <laughs> right. 
So, <laughs> so uh, this is it's kind of an act one situation. No spoilers, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, Worf basically uh, spits venom into Beverly Crusher's uh, face mm-hmm. and um, runs away. So if you notice, spits it into face, runs away. That is a threat response. Okay. That is not, and it's kind of an anti-predator situation. Mm-hmm. It de-escalates the situation so that so that Worf could escape. It is actually not. It's not like I'm attacking you mm-hmm. and to like beat you into submission. I'm just, I'm just uh, spitting in your face and running, yeah, spitting in your eye and running this. away. Uh-huh. Um, but there's a lot of interesting animals that will do that kind of thing. Like, it depends on the potency of the stuff. But like, there are, there are snakes that'll kind of launch venom Mm -hmm. and there are stink bugs that will uh kind of leave a trail of putrid or it usually to me it smells like lemon pledge like it's very acrid um like if you pick up a stink bug and it'll just kind of get it all pee it all over your hand Mm -hmm. um i think my favorite are the lizards that have special blood vessels in their eyes that squirt blood oh yeah that's right and it's it's so metal (laughs) (laughs) like nothing nothing more effective than getting like blood shot at you Mm -hmm. and like i would run screaming like i would not it's startling for sure definitely very startling so I, i felt like it was effective but judging by how scary that proto klingon is Mm -hmm. even like modern klingons fairly intimidating looking right like lots of uh, bony plates, mm-hmm. lots of hooks and horns and sharp body parts. Yeah. <laughs> but this proto Klingons like has full on head ridges mm-hmm. and like d- describe the hands like the oh they're I don't know how to describe them they're almost like crab legs. So not crab claws like crab yeah, legs like, like pokey. Mm-hmm. The so the episode in question is shot kind of like a horror movie so there's a lot of dim lighting and you don't really get a good look at uh, what Worf becomes until like sort of near the end-ish yeah um so and it's, even then, not it's so hard to get a good look at at his hands really mm-hmm. or yeah, like honestly really even the rest of them but. right and in the end we see he's got like these big curly mm-hmm. like kind of tusks that are coming up out of his face and like the the pokey hands yeah. and really acidic d- drool spit like it, it gets higher volume mm-hmm. of goo i guess but to me so the, my point here is that it's so intimidating looking and mm-hmm. has a lot of weaponry right like a lot yeah. of offense and defense what's hunting it what's hunting it <laughs> why would it need to spit on something from far away like because when we can tell that it's a miso predator whatever it is because it clearly tries to eat frog troy but mm-hmm. or amphibian troy i don't i'm not going to assume that she's a frog there but it, it, what's it trying to get away from that it needs to do that exactly i don't think organisms really develop that many um anti conspecific so like mm-hmm. anti other individuals of the same species mm-hmm. uh defenses like that because yeah. it's pretty extreme so it why <laughs> why <laughs> Ugh. I guess we're learning some things about Kronos. Kronos. <laughs> um, but I don't want to ruin too much more of the that episode because uh, we 
talk we, about it in delightful detail. On, we do. Um, yeah. It's going to come out later this year, so mm-hmm. keep an eye out. We'll we'll make an announcement when it does come out. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, you, you should probably be catching up on the first two seasons of Where's Beverly. They talk about it. It started out as a Star Trek Picard uh, recap show, mm-hmm. but which we listened to religiously. Uh, but uh, we're at a Picard for a while, so they're carrying on with some other really interesting topics with other fun uh, Star Trek yeah. podcasters. And we can't believe we were asked to be part of that. So thank you, too, very much, our friends at Where's Bev gonna have this episode be our second to last mm-hmm. episode of season one yes next episode do you want to announce what we're talking about yeah, next, episode? next episode we're gonna talk about the gorn because we finally get to see the revamped gorn because yeah. strange new worlds is now ended because almost after almost like what 55 years give or take we're finally getting more information about the gorn we're thrilled mm-hmm. we're pleased we're honored yeah. Um, by ourselves, because we're the ones giving ourselves the opportunity, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to round out our season at the end of the month with the big Gorn talk. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to take a break because uh, we have some personal stuff going on. Uh, new city, new setup. New jobs. New jobs. So uh, we just have a couple of things to shuffle through in August, but we will be back in September mm-hmm. with... Season two of The Spinal Frontier. Yeah, season two. You can still subscribe to us on your favorite podcast listening app. Get your friends to listen to it so you have something to talk about with them while you miss us for a whole month. If you're listening on Apple, please rate us five stars and leave us a review so other people can find us. And uh, if you didn't like us, um, stay outside of the range of my venom shooting, I guess. You can follow us on Instagram at Spinal Frontier Pod and on Twitter at Spinal Frontier. We're always looking forward to your comments and questions. Okay, honey. Wait. <laughs> I'll let that out. Okay, honey. You can press play. <laughs>